0: The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be
1: confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottled. The marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known
0: brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottled.
1: Hey, good morning. This is Steve Wiedemann, and this is another episode of the Unbottleneck Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics and that's content marketing. And content marketing is this big fog or mist of, you know, where do we where do we go? Where do we start? How do we get the right content? Do I need to put thousands of blog posts on my site or can I do a few really good ones and still see the same success? Joining me today is Ashley Saunders. He's an affiliate marketing expert and let me tell you a little bit more about Ashley. He's worked in a number of industries, from music to property to e-commerce. We've talked a lot about e-commerce on this show, so maybe we'll we'll bring that one in again. Uh, Currently, Ashley is involved in building digital assets and provides content marketing strategy and advice to affiliate website owners. You can actually sign up for Ashley's content map course on his website, and that's ajsdigitalgroup.co.uk. You've got to check this thing out. You'll learn a lot about how content works and how to build a structured content plan. Um, Over the years, he's built his digital marketing skills with a strong focus on search engine optimization, copywriting, and blogging. He's still curious about online marketing as all of us are. We're scholarly while we're still um, considered experts in our field, uh, as well as SaaS and all things digital. He's launched an ebook company, a global e-commerce shop, and started current brands the current brands that you see in the ajs digital groups portfolio uh also built countless websites for a range of clients and outside of work he enjoys guitar tennis and exploring country houses which being from la seems like a surreal experience for me ashley welcome to the show
0: thank you for having me glad to be here
1: so so you talked a little bit about before the show about um how you kind of got involved in digital marketing, and how friends, you know, dad showed you something. Can you can you give us a little more history of how you got started, sure. and what got you into this whole industry?
0: Sure. So I think I was about 15 16 and I stayed with a friend for the weekend, and his dad was head of computers at his school, and he said, "Right, I want to teach HTML programming on Monday. You two are going to be my guinea pigs for the weekend," and so that's kind of how it all kind of started. So I learned had a basic html css over the weekend from a book and he was kind of guiding us as well and it's kind of three of us sat there trying to figure, figure it out together but it was just the most kind of amazing experience
1: you just you just took a book and you just learned it what was that the movie phenomenon where he took a, right. a book on portuguese and learned it on the way to go help somebody who didn't speak english right, so <laughs> right you didn't right. have the same thing with html You're like give me the book well Old we'll master HTML, the next yeah. day you woke up and you're a webmaster.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, I still use those skills to, even today. I still do a lot of programming. I still obviously have to talk to people about on site SEO, which we'll get into, I guess, um, mm-hmm. and understanding all that markup and all that language. And so that, to me, is the best kind of standing foot, you know, in terms of if you want to get into SEO or content it really marketing. really is or fundamental. You're yeah right. i think a lot of yeah, people i get asked that question a
1: lot too hey do i need to know html to be in uh, an seo and i'm like well it's it's a well-rounded discipline you should yeah. know a little bit of everything yeah you don't need to master it but yeah learn the basics learn the basic heading tags so that you mm. know mm. you know where to emphasize search terms learn the you know that the basic meta tags to know what right, exactly. you know google is going to show in their results but exactly. in terms of having to learn all the syntax for every different way you Mm. um you know you use a website table fields mm. and things like that you probably don't need to know those anymore because oh. there's web developers that can do that work for you
0: yeah but, but but i also feel like a lot of people these days are using big platform sites like wix and squarespace and those kind of things did, you, they're use really and they're really did heavy? you
1: use the w word in seo <laughs> <laughs> unless unless you want to be an seo hero
0: right 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 um, i'll i'll go i'll go get a cape <laughs> Um and I feel like yeah, for a lot of businesses actually starting on say you know, Squarespace is is might be not the greatest idea, but it's it's an idea. And then working with like um a developer or an SEO to then promote your site, I think you kinda of have to understand
1: right.
0: some basic HTML, because you have to understand how to go in there and say, right, hey, okay, you know, this isn't perfect, but here's how we can fix these little issues, or Here's how we can take a Squarespace site and replicate it on, say, WordPress or a standard HTML Mm -hmm. site and actually make the space size tiny in comparison. Because obviously they're bloated and they're built for the user user kind of graphic interface, aren't they? Not for Mm -hmm. SEO, not for speed, which Mm -hmm. to me has always seemed backwards. But that's, I guess... I do too much, right? So, and then,
1: and then as as they become better digital marketers, they start to realize, hey, I need to create some content. I'm not showing up for anything right. that I should right. be showing up for. Right. And um, you know, as they as they start getting into that process of, all right, I need to figure out what mm. content I need to have and what keywords I should be showing up for. Um, and you know, you've you've kind of got past that whole, I've set up my website, about yeah. us, services, contact. I'm done. Now, now I need content. How does how does one generate seamlessly ending content ideas uh, in your opinion
0: so for me it always comes back to what am I trying to communicate with my my customer okay. and so for me top of the funnel you know that I think about is what kind of questions am I either getting asked every day by customers or what are their kind of their pain points or their concerns mm-hmm. and how can I help them educate and move them along the process right um, in a meaningful way that doesn't obviously scare them off but helps them to build trust and authority with me or you know to build an understanding with me about what i can th- help them deliver and,
1: and so for i your think new business, you know, you could you could probably do that with competitors too right you could look at the, the competition and see what they're saying about them
0: absolutely absolutely and so yeah so take, take like a local garage for example mm-hmm. you know as a local garage you probably have the same kind of 10 questions coming up every day or every every week Right. right, and so it's then about changing it into content that is accessible on the website, and you should start to rank because probably very few garages or very few of your competitors are producing content that is actually answering the users' kind of pain points or questions. Sure, and instead they're probably you say here's here's a list of our services, which is fine, mm-hmm. but doesn't actually help the help the customer you know trust you or help or help inform the customers you know, is what your expertise is. I think it's so easy because I think a lot of people get confused because they, they think, what well, we need to be online. And so they get a website and they think, done and dusted,
1: right? It's <laughs> brochure.
0: Yeah, right? Um, And, and, and then, you know, they they go out there every week and they're running different ads, you know, in a little paper or um, online, etc. But they never think about updating the website. And I think... If you're stuck in the market where nobody's updating the website, mm-hmm. you've got a huge opportunity to actually get ranked or to start ranking for lots of lots of key terms that are actually really helpful for your end user
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and can help you actually generate business that way and I think if, if, you know it's just that little mind shift, shift that little you know that little, little mindset shift between you know believing that what we've done online is fine and actually sure. thinking right we just recalibrate slightly. And yep. We can try and be really helpful, and boom, we can have lots of customers. We it's, can
1: have it's that aha moment. I love right. that. I love. I love when you deliver a, a in, in your words content map right uh, yeah. to a client, and they're like, "Oh my god, I didn't even think about these pages." I I mm. sell you know five fabricated spiral staircases. Right. And I have five pages for them. I never yeah. thought to create a whole section on my website for the reasons they use the staircases, like right exactly. um, patio. <clears throat> staircases, library, spiral yeah, staircases, yeah. basement, spiral staircases. Yeah. I could create all these different pages mm. with pictures of, you know, my staircases in those different yeah. scenarios and, and draw in more traffic based on what they're needed.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then you can also, a negative, so you can also say, you know, things like with spiral staircases, how not to, you know, because if you think, oh, it's easy, I can do it in the weekend. Right. Right. Um, you can have a list of 10 things, you, you know, beginners beginners' mistakes that so you should do it. Yeah. You know obviously at the end you have a call to action which is hire a professional which is us
1: sure.
0: and that's a great way of g- generating business
1: i love that and and thinking about keywords again sometimes you get clients that come to you and they're like hey i want to rank for the word credit card right and or the keyword credit card and you're like well let's let's talk about that
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> right, and then you, right.
1: you have to have sort of that that coming to god conversation with them that you know that there's been brands that are spending you know millions of dollars yeah. a year yeah. to rank for certain search terms because mm. it drives most of their business, especially if they're an online business. Right. So thinking yeah. about keywords, you could actually rank for yes. right instead of those those yeah. sort of yeah. obvious broader ones. What are mm. um, what are some ways that that marketers who are getting into <sighs> content strategy um, that they can uh, find keywords you can actually rank for?
0: Sure. So I I love questions because I think we we all as humans. Look, think in, into the question form. Mm-hmm. And I think if you try and create content in question form,
1: right.
0: you can actually start to rank, because you're ranking for the long tail at that point. Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're not just ranking for your like, credit cards. You're ranking for, how can I get a new credit card? How can I so pay off my like, so the upper funnel. Yeah. OK. And so th- that's, that's cool. how I kind of think. And then you, the next step down is probably something like best. So best credit okay. card, best spiral staircase. Um,
1: how top to measure 10. my space.
0: Yeah, top 10. Yeah. Um, how to measure my space for a spiral staircase. Um, right. You know, and then, I guess, you know, the the first th- step in something like credit cards is, you know, A versus B, or um, C versus D, those kind of things, or, you know, um, or why headline rate isn't the top thing that you should be looking at, right? right. And th- those kind of things, and I think, I think you do have to kind of break the, the funnel, don't you, into the kind of three or four steps. I think mm-hmm. it was HubSpot. I, was doing, I read an article about this for my, my own blog a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I think HubSpot has four steps in the process. And, yeah, and I think you can extrapolate the, each of the four steps into an amazing amount of content that you can then talk about because you're just trying to help people at the different stages. And therefore, mm-hmm. you're not alienating people that just come in and just kind of at the top of the funnel but you're also really, really targeting people that are, are ready to buy, ready to give you the cash mm-hmm. in a way that speaks to them and is, you know, in a way that builds trust instantly with them, which then hopefully gets them to, to handle their money, which is what we all want, right? Yep. So, I, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I do think it's about those
1: ideas. You come up with those ideas. Uh, what what kind of tools do you use to sort of validate that they're actually searched for? Because I, I when I was in the early days of SEO, I was trying to rank for keywords that nobody was searching for then. They're searching for them now. But, mm. um, but then I was, I was searching, you know, trying to rank for all sorts of words that you know em- employers and peers were like, why would you wanna rank for that? And I'm like, well, one day I think people are gonna search for that and I'll have yeah. you know, five, six years of, of history on it. But yeah. what are some tools that you could use right now if you want to validate that there's actually people searching? Sure, so
0: one tool that I recommend that if you don't have any money is either suggest, uh, which is Emmanuel Patel, who's a digital marketing god. Um
1: and Neil, Neil's gonna be a um a guest speaker for my students on the twenty third, I think. Oh man, 28th, they're, the they're lucky. Yeah, yeah he's you, a good you, guy.
0: You, <laughs> I might <have> to <laughs> you had to hook me up with that one. <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to hear that. Um so he he he's got an excellent tool that that's that it's a limited version but it, it's good enough to kind of get some some data from. And I only look at two figures. So I only look at average monthly searches, which is kind yeah. of the rough estimate of the volume, and then the competitive, so the keyword difficulty score, which tells you how much, who you're competing against in terms of a lot of external factors. So that's right. one tool that I recommend people are using. And then the, the other one that I use is SEO to PowerSuite, which has a module called Rank Tracker, okay. um, which does about 100 different things. It's got 10 different modules that, you can literally type in a C keyword and it will give you thousands of keywords to rank for, including like questions, people also searched uh-huh. um, related questions. Um, Yeah, it's, awesome. it's mind-boggling how they you know, how one tool can be so powerful. Um, right. And, and SEO suite is really, really affordable. I think it's a couple hundred bucks a year. Mm-hmm. And then obviously if you're an agency, then you can look at something like Ahrefs or Semrush which yep. is an agency's package, so it's really expensive so i don't actually recommend those to either of you both of them you know for years sure. i don't recommend them because they're just for the, for the average business it's like taking a, a hammer to Walmart, Mm-hmm. isn't it so i
1: think i think one of the one of my favorite tools to use too and they do have a free version of it especially if you're starting with that that upper funnel that you mentioned right right um is um answer the public oh yeah take that answer the public and then yeah. i'll use the google um, the Google Keyword Planner right, to get an right. estimate of what the volume is for some right. of those search terms because, like, like Uber suggests, like Neil's tool, it it, it takes auto suggests yeah. um, yeah. phrases. You know, so that's why yeah. there's no data around it because they're not taken from a database; they're taken mm. from you know a scrape of the auto suggest that comes right. up as you start searching.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that tool, and I think also that tool was fantastic in terms of if you just stuck on it like a few c- c- words, So you're stuck Mm -hmm. in like spiral staircases and you can't think of anything to write about because you've written about everything that you think you can. If you just type spiral staircase, it will give you, you know, another 200 ideas or another kind of 50 ideas. And so, yeah, that's, that tool is really powerful. I love that. Yeah.
1: So you've got all these keywords, you've, you've kind of, you know, mapped out which ones are questions and how to, where to, why to, strategies, tips, ideas, the upper funnel. And then you've kind of identified what those those more um, customer-driving search terms are, Mm -hmm. keywords are. Um, You've got all these keywords. What do you do next? So what
0: I like to do is I like to define how often I'm going to publish. Right? So I take a step back and I try and say to people, you know, so, like, consistency wins the race. I know you know that because, you know, it's just the the given, isn't it, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't think with people, you know, if you're going to publish – once a week you probably want to think about your three buyers kind of steps right so you want to do okay. one week top of the funnel one week middle of the funnel and one week bottom of the funnel because then you're not boring yourself but also you're not boring your, your reader and also you're, you're trying to drive tr- consistent traffic for each part of the funnel Interesting. So, I, I, so that that's what what I would look at and also I'd look at um how to bring variety in so you're not always writing about the same topic or you're not writing about the same okay. kind of problem every time <clears throat> um so yes, yeah, so i i would try and map everything out into one big big long list get 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 your search volume get your keyword difficulty and then start to arrange it in like a logical sense that isn't going to bore anyone, one but it's going to provide real value and it's really going to educate it's
1: awesome i know i know something that we've been uh working with some of the students like i have an scm class i teach too right. and um one of the exercises is organize these keywords into ad groups right mm. and um uh, what's fun about that is like you said it's one giant list and yeah. the first thing they do is they go through and identify you know what's a branded keyword and what's a non-branded right. keyword we obviously want to bid on both and in an organic you know we also want to make sure that we, we have a, a branded content strategy first so that people aren't getting traffic from our keywords mm-hmm. right so uh, so we, we separate those two and then we identify you know is this relevant or is it not relevant if it's not relevant from a, a paid search standpoint, those keywords go into a negative keyword list, right? right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, for SEO, yeah. they're just not used, right? We're not no, we're just no, not gonna no. use them yeah. in context, but for PPC, it's a negative. And then, right. then we start to group the, the search terms by what we think the user's intent is. Mm. Um, so like for for Applebee's, when they have a promotion, say, um, sizzling fajitas, right? right? There's sizzling fajitas and there's different types. There's yeah. chicken and shrimp and steak. And so we organize those into different groups so that we can creates ad copy that um, that incorporates those words. And from an mm-hmm. SEO standpoint, those become pages. But I think as you start to group everything, you start to see some themes yeah. and those predominant themes, you know, in some cases you'll organize the, the keywords into tabs in a workbook, depending on how many you have. And sure. eventually you start to realize, hey, these tabs would work really good as a top navigation to identify yeah, yeah. And, and help the user with all these different areas yeah. of things that we support. Yeah. Um, if you look at the Jacuzzi website and go to their Jacuzzi section, you can see right. how they've organized it based on price, based on the the type, how many people um, it fits, you right. know, and, and all these different specifications that mm. that users are, are navigating to get. So I think all those search terms start yeah. to get organized um, into what eventually becomes, um, you know, your... Um, your information architecture and exactly, some exactly. SEOs like to use the term taxonomy right'll they, yeah. they'll, they'll they'll create taxonomies based on the data so it's this nice organized list mm. indented list based on the the themes and the groupings of those search terms and that ultimately becomes what I think your HTML sitemap is going to look like in two or three right. years from now right, yeah, right? so exactly, you're almost like exactly. working in reverse you're creating yeah. your sitemap. You load all that stuff into either yeah. a Google Sheet or into a project management system. You assign it to writers, and now your content plan is hopefully you know uh, got a nice kickstart. Yeah. But um, but that's you know again that's just kind of a kind of a roadmap of mm. uh, of how you might mm. you know take some search terms. But uh, could you could you give us some ideas of you know how you might build a content plan? For say the next three to six months, not necessarily the you know the five year plan of all the pages sure. we want to show up for, but next three to six months, actually, what do I do?
0: So, what I do, I would start with like big topics. So I try and create. So I, I would do the hub and spoke model. So I, I think about you know probably five or six different hubs. Okay. And so I create them to begin with, and then over the next couple of months, and so maybe over the next couple of years, I then start to build up the spokes that sit around okay. them. Because I think once you have those pillars in, in place, right. building out related content is actually really, really simple. Because you can basically take your pillars and go right. okay, each section becomes its own post, and can, can we extrapolate right. that further? And sure. therefore, you kind of done, of the work in advance, haven't you? Um, or, 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 or or you've got a really, really great foundation to, to to start from. So that okay. that's that's what I would do. Is you know rethink. Really really think one of the big topics that I'm going to try and rank for, because likelihood that you'll rank for them in the next six months is probably very slim, but in the next five years, it's probably quite big.
1: Sure. And then uh, I would say might, it might be helpful too to, to plan for having a voice in what's happening in the industry too. And right. Our right, industry yeah. is a little bit a little bit more dynamic than something, right. say, like, um, like cement sculptures, right? That's not going to change very often. But yeah. SEO is like every day yeah. there's something new, but... Having a voice in in the industry, mm. or um, even if you're a cement sculptor, you could you could you know have part of your content plan. I think um, include something that that's paying attention to what others in the industry are doing and having commentary yeah. on yeah. it.
0: So yeah, that way absolutely. you you
1: give them recognition, you build yeah. sort of rapport with them, and yeah. they start to recognize you and be involved mm. in your content strategy, as opposed to you saying I'm going to lock my doors and go in my house and. Do a bunch of stuff then i'm gonna come yeah. out and go ta-da! ta-da right yeah, instead exactly, of doing that exactly. you open the doors up and you yeah. bring everybody in yeah and then before you know it you've got a party going on and everyone's right. like well, exactly. what's going on yeah so yeah. um uh, yeah i love i love yeah. the the static idea of hey let's create some evergreen mm. content that's that's well organized that solves problems yeah. and then let's augment that with something mm. that's a little bit more short term and yeah. staying in the conversations on what's happening in our industry but the, i love the, that
0: the, I guess the, the the other thing is with so, so if you're doing thought leadership you are doing a post about thought leadership right. and you're talking about different people in the industry, you should you should ultimately rank for you know, maybe low down on the first page, but you should be able to rank and so if you're looking for interviews with blah blah blah, if you haven't done an interview with you know X, yeah. you'll still rank for that. And that can still bring you good traffic, you know, um, mm-hmm. trust because people are gonna trust that you you're active in the industry and you know what you're doing. I think that's really, really powerful. And another thing you can do is you can always approach people and say, Hey, I really love what you do. Can we do like a blog swap where we interview each other and you know, your interview goes on your site, my interview goes on my site and it helps us both.
1: Love that. Hey, we're here right now, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and cause I think I think that's really, really powerful and that's just kind of, that's, that's actually bypassing having to go to the mass media, right? And having to do a like, like, right. PR outreach. And mm-hmm. the benefits can be just as powerful because, you know, you're each targeting your entire target market and they're going to be excited about what's happening in the industry, hopefully, um, mm-hmm. unless you talk about cement, which I guess that, you know, well, I love that. Yeah. Get,
1: um, get get the thought leaders involved. And, and yeah. I think the same thing happens in the social media medium is, is yeah. you don't just start out and blast your stuff out. No. You, you start collaborating with other right. influencers who are at your level right and then you build off of each other to build into higher levels then you look back three years later and like wow you know remember when we started and we each only had like a thousand followers and now we both have like a hundred thousand yeah and then you get back together and you continue to support each other yeah yeah um, i think that's great i I love that our community in digital marketing Mm. has the will to do that i think um
0: yeah
1: other industries older industries Mm. are so competitive that you know, they won't even let you talk to somebody with the competition. Yeah. In our industry, we do just the opposite. We give yeah. away everything and help each other grow. Yeah, you know, I but, love that.
0: But, but I, I think that's kind of a generational thing. I think a lot of people, you know, in in the past, were taught to be scared of competition. Mm-hmm. But I think in the last kind of twenty, thirty years, we've really embraced competition as a as a way of finding our own uniqueness and finding our own kind of differentiation. Yep, and, and I think that is really, really powerful. And that doesn't negate the fact that you can't, you know, that you shouldn't help other people, that you can't help other people. And yeah, and so I think if you want to disrupt your industry and your industry is very closed, Mm -hmm. then, you know, do as much as you can to make everyone else feel uncomfortable. And yeah, everyone else, you know, if people start telling you, well, this isn't the way we do things, go, great. I love it. Yes. Right. And and try to do more of that. Because you let notice for the right reasons. Ho- well, hopefully.
1: I love um, that. I think I think Jim Rohn has a a quote on that. He he actually said, and this is this is something I think does align with our industry a lot because there are right. some some complacent agencies. And when my team's like, why are you giving all the information to this agency? They're yeah. they're technically a competitor. I'm yeah. like because I've seen the way that they work and I seen yeah. the the way that they. Um, the passion that they don't have you know right. that, that we do. Right. So, yeah so i so the quote was that you don't have to do extraordinary things to be successful right. you only have to do ordinary things extraordinarily well right and, and right. i think exactly. that that holds true and That's when so we're end, when we're being competitive and we all know all the the secrets and the tricks it's actually doing them that sets you apart and doing them yeah. well and yeah. uh, you either you know you know the secrets and you just yeah. Are complacent or don't want to make the investment or take the the leap, mm, or yeah. you decide to take shortcuts and you you offshore your your um you know your your staff to try to you know cut some costs and things right. don't yeah. show up quite as professional as you you would yeah. expect them to be. So yeah. um so I think that's that's a differentiator. If mm. if I were thinking about my my contents and my branding and and what I was doing and how our our industry really does you know, differentiate itself. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's that upper echelon of 2 or 3% of us that will stay up till 3 in the morning, collaborate with others, hire the right resources, yeah. spend $5,000 on an infographic and have this ultimate page that nobody can compete against, right? right, right uh, exactly. But then there's the other, you know, 98% that just yeah. uh, will try to find the shortcuts. They'll go to Fiverr, yeah. they'll go to, um, you know, any, any cheap, affordable resource that they could come yeah. up with in an effort to try to compete instead of just just, um, you know, swallowing the pill and, and doing what needs to be done mm. the right way. Mm. It's kind of funny. And that's, I think that's a really strong content point. It's not just about, hey, let's find the right keywords and map out right. the content we need to create. Let's let's make sure that every page that we have is genuinely more helpful mm. than the competing pages. Mm. Let's make sure that we've got more, you know, uh, diverse media and rich media yeah. to, to share with our, our users. Let's not use stock images that search engines already have index let's come up with our own mm. images and photos and graphics let's let's really stand apart and like you said earlier if you're starting at the upper funnel you can yeah. incorporate a lot of that problem right. solving into yeah. the sales copy because now you're yeah. you're hitting on those pain points yeah. you know um, um yeah. right away i love that idea
0: yeah but um, but, but but i i, I guess the, the the other thing to think about as well is your your own voice as, as a writer i think a, a lot of people think in terms of scholastic writing right Right. and so you know they're not copywriters and they don't think and the moment you say can you write me you know can you write me a blog post on you know um you know um roadways right they think you know they, they then produce this you know epilogue of you know really dense, really boring. copy like,
1: what am I reading? What is this? The yeah, yeah, I need to yeah, help with my, yeah. my my you know,
0: driveway, you know? Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. And so, <laughs> you know, I I've observed people that, that write copy effectively. Maybe not the best copywriters, maybe not the best writers in general.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they can write as they have like they, they can write as if they were sat there having a glass of wine or or a beer with you or having a meal with you. I think that's mm-hmm. what makes it more engaging. I think if you all can get out their own their own headspace, right? And just yeah. think about, you know, if I was sat talking to to Steve, you know, and we we're having lunch, how would I talk to Steve, right? And let's right. try and get, get her down. And so you know, one way to do that is obviously to jump on Zoom and record yourself speaking what like you're giving a talk to like your best friend or sure. get your phone out and record onto your phone. Right. Um but another way is to read that through it after and think, well, is that kind of the language that I would use if I was talking to uh a prospective client or a client,
1: yeah.
0: So I, I, think a lot of people, a lot of people, like they, they start to think about, well, the industry does it this way, and it's like, okay, fine. But that's very, very minimal. So yeah, obviously, if you're in high tech semiconductors or in medical or pharmaceuticals, you, there probably is a regulation, re- regulatory framework that you have to work within in terms of the language you can use. So sure. If you're doing like garbage
1: oh, like collection. Attorneys.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm and right? But if you're doing something like garbage collection, why can't you have a bit of fun? Why can't you put your personality into it? Right. And, you know, yeah. and so, yeah. And so I think...
1: Can I, can I tell you a pet peeve of mine with, with copywriters? Yeah. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of copywriters right. out there writing content right now. Right. And almost every single one that I've worked with uh, delivers a page without a suggested title and meta description. And it drives me crazy. You're writing copy for the web, yeah. and you don't want to have um, a suggested title and description for what your page yeah. is going to look yeah. like in search results. Yeah. Are they Are they all not trained to do that? Or are they all just saying, "I don't want to do that"? And it's it's really frustrating to me because mm. a lot of them have been doing copywriting now for years, wow. yeah. and and they'll deliver this page back to you you're like. Do you want to write a title and description that I could use? Oh, just use the heading. Well, no, I need my heading to be a little bit different because I don't want to yeah. be repetitive and, no. you know, right. and so forth. So it's, yeah. that's, it drives me nuts. I think yeah. so. Any, any copywriters that are out there, really impress your yeah. clients. Go back to them when you, yeah. when you submit and say, oh, by the way, hmm. I've also included some of the search terms that I think this page should rank for and yeah. a title and a description yeah. that you could use to show up in hmm. search results with. Yeah. And there's plenty of preview tools out there. We have one on our site you could use. Yeah. There's um, there's ton of tools that you could use to yeah. put your suggested title and description actually, in there and see absolutely. what it might look like. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. with our clients, we even provide a preview. We actually take a screenshot right. and we're like, this is what it's going to look like, look like. Yeah. Um, in the search results. And they go, oh, yeah. oh. And then they start to realize what the purpose of that content is, yeah. you know, in terms of uh, trying yeah. to appear in search results.
0: And again, that, that's like the 1% better, isn't it, in, in
1: action? <laughs> Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's just a, a strange dynamic that it's been yeah. so long. Um, well, thinking about uh, our copy and getting indexed and showing up in search results, what are, what are some ways to improve your chances of getting your content indexed in search results? What are some things you do? If you've, you've published this page, it's on the website, it's not showing up in Google yet. What do you do? So firstly,
0: I like to go and build some internal links because I think okay. if you've got pages that are ranking already. Google maybe be calling your site, but maybe it hasn't found that because it's not it's not obvious. Ah, okay. So yeah, so I like to go mill some into the links. I think if you're doing something like uh, latest post at the bottom of your every blog post, for example, that does help in some ways, because it just gives Google a head up heads up, it doesn't help. I don't think in terms of like, screaming at Google, hey, you got index, hey, you got index. So yeah. I think that. I think also, if you're operating in a market where you can do something like Pinterest, mm-hmm. right? So you're operating in a visual market. Pinterest pins get indexed really quickly. Interesting. Actually, Google, I, I thought there was
1: a no follow on those links.
0: There is, but okay. but for some reason Google. So I've had posts that I've put up, and I put the pin. Mm-hmm and they've ranked, you know, they've, they've oh, been indexed for a couple of hours. That
1: rounds. sounds really interesting. And, and Ran said Twitter as well. Uh, you could use- Twitter Rand as well, was, yeah. was talking yeah. about how Twitter can help you to, right. to rank yeah. and index content. So, and both of them are no follow, which is really interesting. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think, actually, I think we have some testing ahead of us to improve some you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, you know,
1: because
0: Facebook, Facebook doesn't it, it de-index. Yeah. So Facebook, it doesn't, sorry, Facebook, Google doesn't index Facebook posts nor does it do that on LinkedIn. And so yes, I was quite surprised when I was having a a discussion, I should say, a couple of weeks ago with another SEO and he was saying, well, you should be posting the same copy content, sorry, on LinkedIn as on your blog. And I was like, I'm sure nothing from LinkedIn is getting indexed other than like company pages and profile pages.
1: Yeah, a lot of the content's gated.
0: Right. And so within that Ten seconds. I was like, "Here's a screenshot," <laughs> you know, wow. um, based off a of U- U- URL that we, we you know, we, we we're talking with a mutual friend about. And what I was about, like, "What about um,
1: Google Search Console?" Ashley, could can users help get their content indexed quicker using some of these tools, like Bing Webmaster Tools or Google Search so Console?
0: I haven't seen that necessarily be the quickest way to get things indexed. Interesting. Okay.
1: So. So when you get queued up after you submit your URL for indexing, yeah, um, you're saying it it could be weeks or something before actually, your actual page will actually show up.
0: Days. There's, there's
1: another there's another fun test for yeah. us, right? Yeah. So and I'm right. gonna I'm gonna orphan a page on purpose, <laughs> and, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna try a couple of different indexing methods. Right. The ones right. that you mentioned first, yeah. I think that would be really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um. And then uh. Then yeah. What What other ways do you think someone can get their page? Um, so, next if they don't use internal links and they're not using uh, Pinterest or Twitter and they don't submit the URL to Search Console or uh, add it to their <laughs> their sitemap. Just like
0: that. Um, so I'm trying to think. Well, I guess they're still. We spiked. used to
1: do some shady stuff. Remember back in the early days in the wild, wild west of SEO. Well, I mentioned,
0: something you, you could do. You, you uh, could go to one these bookmarking sites. Do you remember them?
1: Oh yeah, back, back oh, the yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um and I guess you could do it in there. I guess another another thing you could do is you could just reach and say, I'm trying to get this post indexed. I see yeah. you've got a post in you know, so you've got a post that could reference my post. Would you mind right. putting a link? Awesome. And so that that's another way. The the other thing that I, I just say about Search Console is I don't know whether you've noticed this, but I think I've noticed this. Over the years they've they've started to reduce the amount of data you can see. So it it will say things like this page has been found but hasn't been indexed, mm. and then you go onto Google and type site, you know colon then the the URL, and it mm-hmm. pops up. Right. And so I'm thinking, you know, is there a, is there a, a lag between Google and the Google tool, or is there a disconnect between they don't want to share too much, and that's one of the ways that they're trying to start to limit user users you know, access to data. Yeah. I, I I don't I'm that's just my superstition acting i love that
1: we're getting 16 months of data now that's my favorite yeah right as well in that search console i don't like that they've moved the legacy tools into a legacy tools section i they should have upgraded them and moved them into the main area and and i miss a lot of the linking tools there's still some data in there around who's linking and why and um and the fact that uh, a business has to go through living hell and use you know three different third-party tools to discover Toxic links that are coming yeah, in to yeah, go yeah. after them to disavow yeah, them and to yeah, do a recent resi- yeah. uh, reconsideration request instead yeah. of Google just saying, Here are the links, remove these, links. and right. we'll reconsider you. Yeah, uh, th- yeah. Th- that we have to play a game with them yeah. uh, because competitors are doing shady things to try to hurt right, our right. right, right. Yeah. I-, yeah. I could go on for hours about searching, a whole other <laughs> podcast for sure. <laughs> but, um, but this is a
0: whole
1: <laughs> yep. So so think thinking back on on this whole idea of, of you know creating a really strong content mm. strategy getting our pages indexed not using you know shady tools shady just tools, you yeah. know going through the the motions of trying to yeah. get those links shared by by peers friends you know mm. affiliates um th- thinking about that and and kind of st- stepping back um you've got an affiliate website and you want to start yeah. creating content to generate um affiliate traffic I know years ago Google started to really crack down on content that they thought was less helpful or was a doorway page, right? Instead mm. of showing this, this article, um, this affiliate page article, I'm just going to show the actual branded website, right? Or, right. Um, you know, or a major PC magazine or something that right. that has more credibility and authority. So a lot mm. of us affiliate marketers and I was affiliate marketer back in the, the 2000s right. myself, right. Um, you know, kind of got slapped by, right. by search engines and, our content just got pushed out of the results in most cases. Um, if somebody wanted to be an affiliate that um, and, and generate traffic from links that are in affiliate marketing, um, you know what's the best way to go about that in today's day and age? Because you'd, you'd mentioned that you know that you've generated uh, sites that or created sites that generate over five thousand a month in profits. So I'd, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear how you know how if I wanted to get back into affiliate marketing, how I could do that and not worry about my content getting filtered out.
0: So I think. A lot of people, you know, ten maybe five, even five years ago, but ten years ago, were doing things like I actually I can give you give you a great example. I got an email a couple of weeks ago from somebody that runs I think it's like bestironingboards.com, dot right? Okay. And I went and had a look at their website, and it's literally ironing boards and irons, and that's all they're talking about. And So it's all product um, comparisons or product recommendations.
1: Okay,
0: and. I think they're having a really hard time getting indexed and get, getting getting ranks because they're not finding any value because right. all all of that information is is available by you know, like good housekeeping
1: or. A drunk, oh, you're, you know, you're or, almost like creating. Remember the old Squidoo sites back then, right? The day? So right, you're creating right. Creating a mashup of of curated content as opposed to coming right. up with something. Yeah. New and helpful. And, okay. and, and, and,
0: and I think. I think like with that example. Yeah, you know, people are, people might go to, like, say Martha Stewart because obviously they trust her, they know her, they know she's not going to recommend you know rubbish. Well, sure. theoretically speaking, right? And so I think it then becomes about what supporting content you can create that helps the user, that demonstrates to Google that you want to be helpful, and that you know what you are talking about.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I think Google is not going to, you know, in a month or Sundays, Google is not going to index you or rank you if you are just talking about the best irons. Whereas, you know, if you're talking about, say, how to iron, how to iron shirts, you know, we recommend you use this product. And that's an affiliate link, right? Um, right. To, to iron, you know, cotton shirts, right? For for T-shirts, we, we recommend you use the, this type of product and here's the five steps to actually iron your shirt like a pro. Here's, yeah. you know, a tool that you can use to fold your t shirts properly or shirts or whatever, right? And so you're actually building out some depth of content that isn't just fluff. And isn't able to be found. And uh, the, the other thing that I think is a lot of people, they think about writing review content in, in a very one dimensional kind of focus. So okay. they think, they th- I think they, they believe that they can just slap together a page with like 10 products with a short little review and that's good enough. Well, I think the user, especially, and like I don't tend to focus too much on what Google thinks or, or wants i tend
1: to
0: Don't think I <laughs> i right i i didn't think about I, i'm dealing with you know the other human. end of the screen is another human who's got you know desires wishes and frustrations just as like i have so how so, can i talk directly to that person and i think you know how can i help them make a better binding decision or a better informed decision And i think the way you can do that is by saying right Here's how we've evaluated the products, you know, on these five criteria. Or here's how we can, you know, here's here's you know the best product if you've got this type of mm-hmm. uh requirements. So, for example, I just wrote, uh, post on subwoofers right for home cinemas, okay. and it's like the top one is probably well, the top one was the second most expensive one, but was great because of what it does, because it links with an app, and if you control your home cinema via an app now, right? Essentially, you want to be able to go and program the subwoofer along with your you link to the hi fi's, you know, your AV receiver, etc. Right, with your setup. Right. So actually, having it on an app that you can control with a touchpad or your phone is far more useful than having to get on your hands and knees every time and try and adjust right. things, right? But you know, but, but obviously, if you've got you've just got like a small snug, right, where it's a TV room, you have got a big sofa. There's actually there's there's a little unit you know, from Cambridge Audio, which is a UK company. That's 200 watts. It's really powerful subwoofer, but it's micro. It's like that kind of size, right? Sure. And actually, for a for a smaller room, that's perfect. Because it's not going really too powerful. It's not going to be too feature laden for you to like have a million two things to think it's about. Not going to be you know?
1: big and gaudy in your room, yeah, right? Smaller. Exactly. Sure. And
0: actually, look, you know, it's black and it has silver kind of banding, so it looks really, really elegant. And To me, I'm thinking, okay, right, so you know, it may that may not be the, like the most the best product you can buy into the buying a subwoofer, but yeah. it's the best product if you're looking for a smaller room or you're looking for a, a room that has to deal with a lot, right? And so, hopefully, users come to my website and see that and think, oh, I never thought about that, right? What room size am I dealing with? You know, what, what other expectations do I have? And so, yeah, so I'm, th- I'm thinking to the
1: yeah, you know, so you really got to think out of the box, Ashley. Right? It's so yeah, really right, coming up right. with ideas that um, you know where there already isn't content. Yeah. You know, coming up with new solutions. I, I like the idea too of potentially doing an interview with someone from the the company itself. Right. And then you get the right. company to reference you. It's it's sort of this trust factor or yeah. reciprocal um, connection between the two that gives yeah. you a little bit of a competitive advantage. I think yeah. That might. That might be something. It's it's aggressive, but Absolutely. it's you know picking up the phone and saying, right. you know, hey, yeah. I'm I'm an affiliate. I'm I want to sell a lot of product. Can I get mm. five minutes with the CEO? Yeah. and talk to him and do a little interview, and then you yeah. have content that nobody else has.
0: No, yeah. and and actually yeah. that that's a really your point. I, I was writing a buying guide for for another site. Okay. And and one of the buying guys actually went and interviewed the c the CEO of the company. Mm-hmm. Right. so it's an affiliate page right but it had all of these amazing insights wrapped into the page and you know there was a conversation that they were having and then the quotes you know, amazing quotes drawn out as well as lots of informational content that was encouraging you to buy certain products and i've never seen something like that before and I, I think i'll ever see something well, that they want to do
1: that they want to help people who yeah, are selling right. products so but so many businesses and affiliates are. Are too afraid to reach out and yeah. it's, it's so easy to just pick up the yeah. phone and and schedule yeah. something like that well yeah i know we're getting close to the end of our time we we, i think we've yeah. done a lot we it's went right. from from coming up with um keywords to how right. we organize them and, and create a content plan we yeah. talked about long-term and short-term content how to get Absolutely. that content indexed and yeah. not do shady things um and how to use uh, affiliate marketing and generate uh, hopefully some extra Cash flow for people who are creating unique content. So I have a lightning round of questions. Are you ready for them?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right. Number one, who should we be following in the SEO industry? In your opinion, who are your favorite um, social media thought leaders?
0: Sure. So
1: or content marketing.
0: I I really love what Ahrefs are doing with their blog. I think that's absolutely incredible. Um, they're producing lots of really, really great interesting content.
1: Yeah, Tim's super cool. Kudos yeah, to
0: him. Yeah, he's absolutely yeah, he, he's yeah. just insanely intelligent as well. Um, really love him. I love Neil Patel just for the basics. I think Neil, Neil teaches the basics in a really unique way and I think no matter how far we get, it's still good to have a good grasp of the basics. So I think Neil's excellent at teaching that. And also I think by having a grasp and going back over the basics continually, you actually start to see things where people are missing. Because if, mm-hmm. if someone's gone so high level in their strategy, they might be missing something that's really clear and obvious.
1: right? That happens to me at every conference I go to. I'm sitting there <laughs> listening to a lecture and I'm like, I can't believe I stopped doing that. I used to do right, all the time. Right, right, right,
0: right. And so I think Neil's great at doing that. Um, Matt Diggity is also, I really enjoy reading his content. He also does roundup every every month yep. um that's a newsletter sorry it's a blog post that is actually just i skim it every month because you never read any articles what he pulls together and the snippets that he pulls together is just gold um great. and then finally and i recommend everyone gets on this is stack marketer it's a daily email five days a week okay. um and it's just arranged for readability so they might they have a top story you know a couple of different stories and they have like a call-out box with literally like pithy one line here's what you need to know or here's a trend that we're seeing in seo or um google ads or whatever and so quite often i may not have time for the whole thing but i'll i always obsess about that, that little section i always think right because they give you the insight within a sentence you're like okay, great I'll go. Re- I way read I them, actually. my
1: list. I get. Yeah. Um, I get Steve Toth's uh, SEO Notebook and right. the Latest Weekly um, se FOMO. Right. Right. Um, so she's, she's got some great content and does a great weekly roundup. Yeah. And Steve Toth loves to dive deep into specific topics and yeah. talk to people who know how to how to do some really creative hacks on ways to get things right. through. Yeah. I love yeah. that. What about your favorite tools? What tools do you use day to day? mine are basically SEMrush, Conductor, Searchlight. Uh, right. And, um, you know, we, of course we live and breathe in Screaming Frog. <laughs> right. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> so I, I love SEO power suite because you, you, you got a, a link outreach module. What is it? SEO SEO power suite
1: power suite. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't heard that one in a long time.
0: Yeah. So they're, they're of roofs. They're really, really fantastic.
1: That's an all in one, right?
0: It's all in one, but it's desktop. So I think that kind of dissuades a lot of people. Uh, Um, But it's it's full programs So there's a rank tracker module that You can track where your keywords rank It's got ten different ways to find Keywords, it's got this new SERP feature where you can type in any keyword And it will tell you Who's ranking and how their Call vitals look, how many links They've got to that page, how many links they've got overall It's basically, it's mind-blowing It basically does the work of about eight different tools In one screen I don't think any other tools is doing that at the moment
1: and they've um, they've been around for a long time. So for them been, to still yeah. be around, they've they have to have developed their product and kept it up to, up to yeah. speed. I so, haven't heard that one in a while, but yeah. yeah it's okay.
0: And 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 then they've they got a module they got one of their tools is called Website Auditor, which is essentially like a mini version of a screening frog. So it calls your website and tells you you've links, where you've got broken links, where your link pointing, you know, to redirects, to redirects, to redirects. Um, but it's also got kind of I guess it, it, it's got kind of content rewrite modules, which tells you if you're over optimizing for a keyword, or you're missing mm-hmm. keywords, or, or, or you're doing dumb stuff like you've left all tags out, or you're have cool. put your know, keyword in the the URL or the title.
1: So it you know, sounds like it's got a lot of features. Yeah. What, what are some other tools that you use other than SEO Power Suite?
0: So then I, I use the basic ones. So I use Screen Frog, obviously, which is still yeah. it's still. So powerful, you know. Mm-hmm. It looks like nothing, but actually, once you actually dive into it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and then, you know, I use Google Search Console. I'm in there every day. Yep. I look at that as kind of a first defense, okay? Because you know, it, it shows you you've know, made the mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have got pages indexed that are now not redirecting properly, it, it finds it. It will it will shout at you. So I love that. I mm-hmm. also love um, analytics because again really easy to understand data that's actionable, and that you can go away and say, right, you know, I can see the bounce rate on that page is, is way off the chart. I'm not matching the user intent, so let's go back and rewrite that.
1: Or you could find some broken links by going into a right. uh, title context where it says not found and say, hey, I've got right. external links coming in that right. Screaming Frog isn't picking up because it's yeah. only using internal. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. What's one SEO myth that drives you nuts?
0: <laughs> just one, geez, um, duplicate me. content. Okay. So I think people have this myth that you know, if you have, if you have very similar content on your site and on another site, mm-hmm. that Google is going to penalize you. And okay. the way to validate that that's a myth is go type in ap.com okay. and take the title from any AP story, Google it, and you'll see that that exact same piece of content is being prom- promulgated over 20, 30, 40 sites. Sure. Because AP are obviously a content brokerage, right? That right. sell new stories to whoever won them. And so really? that's one thing. The mm-hmm. other thing is I think we forget how smart Google is at differentiating unique content and uh, duplicate content. So I think if you're running an e commerce brand and you've got say 12 varieties of the same thing, but they're slightly different, mm-hmm. you're obviously gonna have very, very similar duplicate content. I think Google understands that right ad the it's the colour that's changed or it's the the shape that's changed or as so Google understands that and doesn't dis you know discounts that in a way that that we may not kind of think that it does, but it, it you know it does. Um and you you just have to look at any major retailer to, to, to see that. Um so yeah, so I think duplicate content is is a big myth. And I think also another way of validating that is what gets indexed? If you've got two very similar pages,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what's getting indexed? What's getting the traffic? Can you not right. surmise them into one?
1: It makes and a lot I think of sense. That, That's, that's yeah. another,
0: another thing that you can do.
1: We we love to use the site operator on our website in Google to in phrases and quotes to see if we can find you know where we might have uh, potential URLs that don't need to be indexed. And like right. I said, it's not a penalty, but no. it does maybe help a little bit of your crawl budget and yeah. getting yeah. search engines to you know, to see the most important pages and maybe ignore the ones that aren't as important like the ones that have similar duplicate content. Right, exactly. I, exactly, I love yeah. that. So you've got this great content map course. You want right. to tell everyone about what that is and um, why they should sign up for it?
0: Sure. So it's currently $49, so it's really inexpensive. And basically it's 60 modules. I'll take you through basically how I build content, uh, content framework for, for affiliate sites or for Oh, SMEs awesome. or for e-commerce brands. And basically, I take you through how to come up with keyword ideas. I teach you 10 different ways that you can come up with keyword ideas that you don't need mm-hmm. a tool for. I then take you through how to validate them and then how to pick out the best kind of keywords for you to instantly mm-hmm. rank for. Again, like we talked about previously, there's a massive difference between being able to rank for something and being hypothetical. And so I talk through that. Um, I then talk about how to build out topic clusters and how to then put it into a framework that makes sense in terms of getting you t- to get started publishing and how to then again be consistent with what you're publishing and how you're publishing it i touched a little bit on how to manage teams because obviously mm-hmm. the goal as and you know as, as a website owner is to become an editor and not a content writer
1: right
0: um and so how to structure that and how to decide what pieces you to be writing on what pieces you can farm out. Um, and then i talk about how to, you know, how to measure how to set KPIs for your success. Because that's, I think that's a big thing that lots of business owners miss, especially on, online.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because they may be very, very comfortable with setting KPIs for other marketing channels. But because they don't get how web works, yeah. and they don't understand that they can apply the traditional metrics or, or the, you know, the traditional framework to online. They don't think, well, we just chuck loads of money at it, and it'll be fine. But I think you yeah, it also helps build that... some
1: accountability, right, Ashley? So right, exactly. Get, exactly. Keep people accountable to specific goals right. instead of it just being, a, yeah. let's just do some things. Yeah. It's like, no, let's set some goals and yeah. let's measure those goals. I love that. Right, exactly. But Very cool. And yeah. when they sign up on your website, they just go to uh, ads.uk. AES- uh, ast- w- w- awesome. And then you and click on there. services and courses. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great! And any way, somebody could find you on on follow you on social media. What's your what's your handle there? Right. On so I'm
0: very and- very active on Instagram, and so people are more than welcome to follow me or to hit me up via private messaging. So I'm just a okay. underscore j underscore Saunders.
1: Okay, that's easy enough.
0: That's easy well, enough. Cool. This so has been
1: it's been a lot of fun actually. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed talking about me. content strategy. Yeah. And- now, now I want to like schedule something to do something with Search Console because you're right. There's so many things and yeah, right and complaints and whines yeah. that I have. We might yeah. have to figure out how to how to get John mew into that one. Or maybe, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but thank you so much for being on. No, the show it's been it a pleasure. I've
0: Had a great and, time. Yeah, and, so and I, I
1: definitely look forward to staying in, in contact too. Yeah, so thanks like everybody course. for for listening today, and uh, Ashley, thanks for being on the show. We'll talk oh, soon.
0: Lovely. Yeah.